welcome. Hello, Kaleidoscope and Recess leaders. Hey, Justin, now you can hear me. All right, we're gonna go ahead and get started. It is 2.30 on the dot, and we have a lot we're gonna try to cover today, so we're just gonna go ahead and just dive in. Uh, my name is Lynn Pollard. For those of you that don't know me, I have the privilege of leading our special needs ministry, Kaleidoscope, here at the Watermark Dallas campus. And I'm so excited. I mean, you guys, we have such a large number of attendees today. We have such a high percentage of our volunteers that are coming today. So I just want to thank you for responding to the call to action to show up today at this mandatory training. It's a big deal that we have this many people here. So I just want to thank y'all for being faithful and responding to the things that we're asking you to do. So we think this training is going to really help equip y'all to be um, the best buddies you can be to our kids with special and additional needs. So I'm gonna go ahead and um, get, let's see, I always like to choose someone. Hey, Jason Delph, you wanna come open us up in prayer? That would be awesome, thank you. And then we'll get started. Do you mind? I was moving chairs. I know, I'm sorry. I was we got a full crowd. Thank you. Yeah, this no. is Jason, he's one of our recess uh, like lay this? leaders. No, no, you were right there. You got it. Okay. I'll just yell. Okay. No, it's on. Lord God, thank you so much for uh, just the opportunity to come here and just um, learn and be educated. And God, I just pray uh, just your blessing over this meeting and, and focus on a, a Sunday afternoon when we're in all kinds of different directions. God, just that we can be equipped and, and um, Lord, just to serve these sweet, sweet families and kids. Uh, Lord, I just pray again your hand over this time and that, that we retain things and uh, God, that we just grow as, as believers and as uh your servants, God. We just thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for all ends done to set this up. And uh, again, it's in your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Awesome. And what a thank great problem we have that we need more cheers. That's awesome. Here, we'll let Nicole have that. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. So great. Um, so we started with prayer, as we do most of the time here at Watermark, but we started with prayer for a reason, because I want to make sure that throughout the day today that we're just continually reminded and bringing us back to our mission and our purpose here of what we're doing. So we're going to be talking about behavior, we're going to be talking about communication, about some things that might seem like things you talk about more like in an educational setting, but we're at church, right? So I want to keep reminding you all that the whole point of us talking about these issues is to help... Um, carry out our mission and our mission statement for our children's ministries across all of Watermark is to partner with parents and point kids to Christ. And so the whole reason we have a Kaleidoscope Special Needs Ministry is so we can partner with parents and helping kids that have special and additional needs learn about Jesus. And so everything we're talking about here today, it's not about trying to improve behavior so we can have the kids sit more quietly. The reason we want them to sit more quietly is so that they can hear the Bible story so they can learn about Jesus. So I just want to keep reminding you throughout the day that that's what we're here for. That's what we're talking about. Um, and so it's not so much about seeing um, behavior change or actions. It's about um, really getting to their hearts through helping them to be able to participate so they can learn about Jesus. Okay. And um, really quick, Tom, I forgot to ask you to start the recording. Did you do that? Okay. Awesome. Thanks. Okay, cool. So we're just going to um, do some quick intro introductions and kind of help you know who's going to be um, leading the training today. So we have, I know I'm like a broken record, y'all have heard me say this many times, we have a brand new coach team that we recruited over the last three, six months that is working on um, helping us develop training and content um, and equipping our volunteers. And our coach team for Kaleidoscope is going to be leading a lot of our training today. So I'm going to introduce those to you right quick. If you're a coach, why don't you all go ahead and stand up and kind of raise your hand. So this is our Kaleidoscope coach team. We've got Bryn, 
Nicole, uh, Alyssa, sorry, I couldn't see you, Shelby, Megan, Mason, and Claire. And then we also have Rachel Delph and Jason Delph. They are our recess lay leaders. Okay, y'all can sit down. Um, and they're going to be doing a little bit of the training as well. And then also we have Haley Palmgren. Where's Haley? Um, and Peggy Grieg, and they are our kaleidoscope class leaders. And we also, I don't know if Sam's here, but Sam and Victor leads our, there she is. Y'all stand up for a second so they can see you too. Um, Sam, Peggy, and Haley, y'all stand up. They lead our, um, y'all, they lead our kaleidoscope classroom on Sunday mornings, and Sam leads our new scope ministry, which is our student ministry. So we're not going to be talking a whole lot about the different aspects of our kaleidoscope ministry today. We're really going to dive into the training, but I just wanted to kind of let y'all know that this is the team that's been working to put all this together. So, Okay, so I think I took care of the introductions. So the next thing we're going to do is the quick ministry overview. So Rachel's going to join me here in a second to talk about recess, but first I'm going to get a feel for who's in the room. Raise your hand if you serve um, with kaleidoscope on Sunday mornings here at Dallas. Okay, wow, that's a lot. <laughs> okay, raise your hand if you start with Kaleidoscope here um, another time, like say Saturday. Molly Gunn, our only Saturday Kaleidoscope leader. We just started a pilot program for Saturday, and Molly is our first um, Kaleidoscope Saturday buddy. That's awesome. I'm training her to also be a coach, hopefully. So, okay, raise your hand if you start with recess here at Dallas. Okay, awesome, great. And then raise your hand if you serve with Kaleidoscope at a, another Dallas, I mean, another Watermark campus. Oh, wow. Okay, so where do you guys serve? Fort Worth, Plano? For, Plano, what about Frisco? Anyone here from Frisco? Okay, awesome. Y'all, that's great. And then raise your hand if you are here because you're representing another Watermark ministry, like an elementary um, starting blocks ministry. Okay, awesome. So glad y'all are here. Who are, what ministries are y'all with? On your mark. On your mark. Okay, what about you? Oh, in starting blocks. Okay, awesome. So we have a few leaders that serve in other ministries as well, so we can all learn. So that's kind of who's here in the room. Um, so let me just tell you just a really high-level view really quick so we're all on the same page about what Kaleidoscope is all about. For those of you that haven't heard this, I've said this like a broken record many times. But So Kaleidoscope is the umbrella ministry across um, the Watermark campuses, and it encompasses all of our special needs ministries. We have four different ministries within that umbrella. How many of you knew that we had four ministries under Kaleidoscope? Did y'all know that? Most people don't know this. Okay, so we have our Sunday morning ministry, which is now expanding to Saturday, where we have our buddy ministry, where we pair the kids with a buddy in the inclusion classroom. We also have here at Dallas that kaleidoscope classroom where kids with higher needs are in kind of a separate space. We have that scope ministry, which is our student inclusion ministry. That's ages 12 to 22. And that all kind of falls under kaleidoscope. And we also have that kaleidoscope an iteration of that at the different campuses, okay? So that's one ministry, that Kaleidoscope ministry. We have our recess ministry, which is our respite night that takes place once a month. We invite all of the families across all the Watermark campuses who are part of our Kaleidoscope ministry to come to recess. That's about 100-ish families across all the campuses. Um, and so the respite night is just our heart there is to give um, the parents a break. And Rachel's going to talk about that in a minute. We also have a parent ministry, which is um, mostly a mom support group that meets once a month. But that parent ministry also does a lot of pastoral care and support. They have like a meal chain, a prayer chain. They really um, help point parents to resources and um 
So that's a whole other part of that ministry. And then we also have a sibling ministry, which has been in a rework stage, but we're actually getting ready to roll hopefully that sibling ministry up into recess for thinking. And so y'all can be praying about that as we kind of make some decisions about that as well. So those are the four ministries. Um, so I lead Kaleidoscope um, under, over, in between a lot of that. And then we uh, really carry out the most of the ministry through our lay leadership teams. So, okay, so I'm going to have Rachel come up and tell you a little bit about recess real quick. Yeah, it should be on. Hey. Hi. Um, I'm Rachel, and like she said, Jason and I get to help lead recess. And so, like she said, it is a funnel, you know, people come in through Kaleidoscope, and so that's how they get invited. We currently serve the Plano and Dallas campus, and um, it's a ministry for the whole family. So the goal is to provide respite, like Lynn said, Um, but it's different in that we get to provide services to the siblings as well. And so it's a ministry where the parents can drop off all their kids and have a night off. And so it runs from 6 to 10. But before I get to the kind of schedule of the night, I want to share two verses that we always talk about with recess. The first is Luke 14, 12 through 14. It says, when you give a luncheon or a dinner, do not invite your friends, your brothers, sisters, your relatives, or your rich neighbors. If you do, they may invite you back, and so you will be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed. Although they cannot repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the just. And so that's kind of what we feel like we get to do with recess each month. We just get to throw a party. It's not because they can repay us. I mean, though, getting to serve them is a blessing, and we feel like that's great, and we love that. But it's just because of who they are and that we get to love them and, and um, throw a party for them. And so the second verse is John 9, 1 through 3. It says, As he went along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, Jesus said. But this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. So I think these two verses just show God's heart for people with special needs. And so that's our heart as well, that they display the works of God and we get to serve them and love them and meet their needs through kaleidoscope and recess and um, parent support and all of that. And so we kind of already touched on who is invited to recess, but just a quick overview of the night is that we have volunteers arrive at 5.30, so you can get some dinner and kind of a quick meeting from Jason and I of what's running down that night, the kind of entertainment movie, that kind of stuff. Um, And then families show up at 5.58, ready to leave at 6. And so um, that's why we ask volunteers to get there early, because we know there's traffic or work situations or whatever, but the families are very (laughs) timely so that they can get their full four hours off. So it starts at 6. We do kind of free time till 7.30. A lot of them bring their own dinner, and that's great. They eat during that time. And then at 7.30, we do some kind of entertainment. So that could be we've had the bubble lady, we've had a petting zoo, a fire truck. So just kind of whatever is available to us, we will ask if they can come. Um, And then after that, we put on a movie around 8.15. There's lots of littles that 
need to fall asleep or at least rest. And so it's just kind of a night that's designed, it's, it's meant to be very fun and engaging. We, there is a like a biblical aspect where we'll do a quick lesson and have a craft to go along with it, kind of the theme for the night. But really to provide a fun outlet for the kids the, with special needs and their siblings and just a night that supports the parents and getting some time away to refresh and reconnect. Okay, thank you, Rachel. That's awesome. So yeah, we just wanted to make sure. So the reason we wanted to take a quick moment to fill you in on recess is because I want to encourage all that we have right now 150 um, volunteers on our recess roster, but every month we're only having about 50 recess volunteer leaders actually come and serve. So even though we have a large number of people that have said, hey, I want to be part of recess, because I mean, it sounds amazing, right? We really want to encourage more people to actually come and serve at recess. And so a lot of you, I want to give you, those of you that serve in both Kaleidoscope and recess regularly. I want you to raise your hand. So there's a large like crossover group and we're so proud of y'all that y'all put in that extra time and so thankful for y'all. But a lot of you only serve in recess and a lot of you that's your main ministry and that's awesome. But we just want to encourage you to like really respond to those emails. And um, when you, we send you the registration information, sign up each month. We're really depending on you. We actually had to turn away several families this last month because we didn't have enough volunteers. Um, and so just want to encourage on that. We, it's, it's such an awesome opportunity. It's so much fun, but we just want to encourage you to like try to make that a priority each month. And if you're not serving in recess and you're interested, you can go to recess at watermark.org and let us know and we'll add you to that list um, so you can serve. Okay, awesome. So thank you, Rachel and Jason, um, for all you do with that. I'm excited to see what the Lord's going to do in providing um, more volunteers and more families because we're inviting the Plano families now, um, which is exciting. And so we have more families coming every week, and so we need more more volunteer leaders. So, okay, so I'm going to go ahead and move on to our next. I, I kind of, oh, well, forgot about this. So before we really dive in there, I want to say to y'all, thank you. So this is um, kind of a hodgepodge of some of our leaders, but I just want to start by reminding you, I say this to our Sunday morning team a lot. I want to have a lot of FaceTime with them. Working with kids with special needs can sometimes be really challenging. It, the Lord has provided this amazing opportunity for us to serve with these kiddos. And I know many of you, having sat down with you and spent some time with you over coffee, you just feel a special certain call on your heart to come and serve with these kids. And I just want to say thank you. Keep going. Continue in your commitment. Remember, you're only halfway through your serving commitment for the year. It goes all the way through the end of August. So we have a lot more um, time and several more months to serve together. But I just want to really say thank you guys for just showing up and for sometimes getting um have changing diapers that are sometimes hard with older people like this morning and sometimes some of our um guys are running after kids which can be hard and fun at the same time and we've had a couple of situations where we sometimes didn't really know what to do and we came together as a team and stopped and prayed like right in that moment and during like on your mark because we didn't know what to do next right jb and it's been so fun to see y'all come together since I've been here on staff and um, just work together to serve these kids. So I just want to say thank you. And just this verse um, really personifies what um, I think about when I pray for y'all. I thank God every time I remember you because of your partnership in the gospel from the first time, day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. And just to remind you that serving and being the hands and feet of Jesus is part of the sanctification process that you get to be part of as believers. So as you're working with our kids and serving, and sometimes it can be hard um, or just exhausting, that this is part of the Lord working out your salvation 
and working through you to become more like Christ. So I just want to encourage you to, to keep going, okay? So thank you. Okay, so I mentioned our mission. We're going to go back to our mission several times today to remind you, but just to say it again, we're, our mission across children's ministry here at Watermark is to partner with parents to point children to Christ. That may or may not be the perfect exact wording, but it's like um, close to what our mission statement is. Um, but just to remind you, so we have the same mission. This, this mission statement doesn't say to partner with parents of kids that don't have special needs to point them to Christ, right? It says to partner with parents to point kids to Christ. So obviously, we have the same mission for all children and families here at Watermark. And so today, we're going to be talking a lot, saying the term special needs and sometimes additional needs. So I want to just kind of clarify, what am I talking about when I'm talking about people with special and additional needs? We're saying anyone who might have maybe a label of autism or um, uh, Down syndrome or something like that. But we're also talking about kids that may not have a diagnosis. They may not have a label per se. They may just have um, something going on with their attention span that they're not able to engage. They may have something going on with their speech. And so these are people that may have a diagnosis or a label or um, an identification, but they're also people that don't necessarily have that. And so we're talking about helping children and students that have all sorts of different needs here at Watermark and how we can work together to do that. Um, okay, and so on that note, I just want to kind of, uh, so one of the things that the coach team and I did kind of right off the bat when we started talking through what we were going to do with this training, like what do we want our um, volunteers and leaders to know? And so we thought we need to start with, we know what our mission is, like that's clear, it's the same as Watermark Children's Ministry and we're part of that ministry, but what is our goal for people with special and additional needs, kids specifically here um, at church? And so we came up with kind of our own kind of secondary, I guess, mission statement slash goal, and that's what we want our kids to participate, to be engaged, to learn, and to have fun, just like their friends and their peers. So our goals for our kids with special and additional needs, hey, guess what? They're the same as our goals for the typical kids that don't have special and additional needs. We are going to be working in, in different ways. It may look a little different, but we're going to set the bar at the same level and have the same expectation for our kids with special and additional needs, and we're going to work towards that. It just may look a little different in how we get there. And so then we broke it down into four kind of um, goals or objectives, you could say. This is IEP language. I'm using goals and objectives for those of you that know I'm talking about special education. But um, so, um, so we decided that these are kind of our objectives or our goals for getting to this um, to this goal. Want to participate in worship, which means that they can do the motions, they can sing the songs, they can they can be part of it. Um, number two, to sit quietly and listen during teaching. Now quietly or calmly um, may look different for different kids, right? But that's still the same goal is for us to help them over time work to be able to learn how to sit calmly or quietly if they're able to and listen to the teaching time. Number three, go to small groups and um, a lot of our kids really starting and starting blocks, they're in small group class at one point, they're in a larger group class, and so across the board, children up to adults here at Watermark, you're in some sort of a community small group. So we want kids to be able to learn how to engage in that small group, to stay in the room in that small group if possible, and also to participate in discussion, which may look different. Some of our kids are nonverbal. Some of our kids have different, um, like when little girl signs um, kind of signs and speaks. Um, and so that her engaging in, in small group, like this morning, man, she was talking up a storm. It was difficult for us to understand her, but she was still there, part of what we were doing, and we worked together to figure out how to help her to participate. So it's the same goal. And then number four, to understand um, the content, the Bible. Okay, ultimately, again, what's our main mission? To point them to Christ. And so we want them to be present in the teaching time, in the small group time, ultimately so that they can understand what we're teaching about that day. What's the Bible story? What's the Bible truth? 
or that finish line in K1 race, whatever it is, um, to help them understand that. And then we may need to help them be able to understand that to build a ramp, if you will, to give them access to get there through helping them with, with communication. And sometimes we need to do it through modified content, which means we actually have some content, like in our Kaleidoscope classroom here at Watermark on Sundays, we actually use a different curriculum. We've taken the starting blocks curriculum and we've changed it and modified it to fit people with special needs and we deliver that content to them. We don't do that across all the ministries, but that's just another example of a way that we're giving kids access to that content so they can understand the Bible. So those are kind of what their goals of what we're working towards. And so I'm showing you this picture because this is obviously some of our kids that are part of Kaleidoscope and Recess. Some of the kids in these pictures have disabilities and special needs. Some of them don't. Um, but you can tell by looking at them that they're happy, that they're excited to be here for the most part. Um, and they have, like Rachel said, we want to point them to Christ. We want them to know the gospel. We want them to understand what the Bible says about how God made them, that they, he made them in their image. And so just keep in mind that as we're doing this, we're all we're working um, towards helping all of these kids have the, meet those same goals that all of our other kids at Watermark are going to be meeting, hopefully. Um, okay, so, and Nicole, you can come up and help me at this point. So this is Nicole Brazell. Um, she is going to help with this next um, section. We're going to move into communication. But as we put together our training, we thought about, and this is really Nicole's um, idea of how to frame it, so I'll kind of give it to you. But we thought of three different questions to consider as we started thinking about what is it that we need to know. We're working with kids, right? A lot of you work in an inclusion setting where you're going into like a classroom with your kids. At recess, it's an inclusion setting, meaning there's kids with typical needs, there's kids with special needs. So how, what are the, the, the challenges that we're seeing in the different environments where we're serving? Um, and then I'll go ahead and let you go into those. Okay. Am I, am I on? Um, I think so. He's going to turn, yeah. Now I'm on. Okay. So, um, so yeah, so when we met as a coach team to sort of prepare this for y'all today, um, we worked our way through um, these different issues. And so we said that a lot of the issues that we're seeing and that we've been hearing that y'all are seeing um, kind of all encompassed by certain things. So communication is a big one. Behavior is a big one. Um, like attention maybe is one. And so we wanted to make sure that we understood what the challenges that y'all are seeing that we've been having to help y'all with when we come around to do check-ins or whatever. Um, and so then we wanted to figure out, well, how would we suggest to address them? And so that's sort of what this is today, is figuring out how to teach y'all how to address some of the things that we've been seeing. And then what tools do we need to provide y'all in order to help you address them in the future? So what you're going to be hearing about today is a couple of new tools that we're going to be rolling out. Um, <laughs> good. Um, and then we're going to keep working on making more um, as the time goes on, but we didn't want to inundate you with a bunch of tools all at once. So you're really going to hear two main ones today. And these are the three topics yeah. that we virtual landed on. <laughs> Pardon? Oh. Just regular schedules, not virtual schedules. Oh, I meant, um, <laughs> I'm sorry. She said visual. She said visual schedules. Type <laughs> in, my bad. Sorry. Um, so the first one's just about communication and the communication tool that we've. Um, made for y'all. And then the next one is behavior strategies. And we've got some great BCBAs with us today who are going to help us with behavior strategies. If you use an acronym, you have to define it throughout the whole day. Okay. So what was that? What, is, what does it mean? Behavior? Board certified, board certified behavior analyst. They are working their way towards becoming <laughs> board certified behavior analysts. Sorry. I just know you as BCBAs. I don't even know what that means. Um, and then I'm a speech language pathologist. So that's SLP for anybody who needs an acronym. There's several of us on the coaching staff that are 
speech language pathologists. And then there's also um, a special education teacher who works with a um, centralized classroom of students who just come and go to her class during the day. So that's mainly who you have on your coaching team. Um, so I was asked to come up here to talk about the communication because that's part of my job is communication. Okay, so the, the main three things we're talking about today is um, how we're going to communicate with our buddy from coach to buddy, and then how do we communicate with other adults as adult leaders and adult coaches, um, and then how are we communicating with parents? So with kids, um, there's a lot of specific things that we need to do, but the main thing is we just have to try to understand them. Um, a lot of times their communication might be... Um, not to the level of what you would regularly hear if you're talking to an adult, first of all. Um, but second of all, there might be kids who might have um, difficulty with um, pronunciation. They might have an articulation impairment, um, which means that they can't say all their sounds correctly. Um, they might talk really fast and not know how to slow down, so everything seems kind of jumbled. Um, so the first thing is to seek to understand. Um, even if it's just like one word that you can get. So like today, the, the girl that um, Lynn was talking about, was she, she went off for like a good three minutes just talking, and we probably got maybe five words from it. But I was like, oh, you watch TV with your mom? And she was like, yes! So, um, so just making sure that you are like speaking back to them the words that you understand so that they can feel validated by what they've told to you. Um, and then when you're communicating with them, a lot of times you're going to need to simplify your communication. So, for example, if you were explaining a, a concept to them, they might not understand all the words that you're using in that concept. So you might have to come and bring it down to their level. So today we were in the um, scope classroom, and we're we've been working on this one specific Bible verse for a while, which is great. I'm so proud that they're doing all this rep repetition. Um, but like maybe one of the words is challenging. So instead of talking about proud, you can say, what is, like, how do you make God feel? Is he happy or sad? Happy, sad, they get. Good, bad, they get. Proud is kind of harder. So you have to figure out a way to explain what proud means in a way that they get. Um, so just kind of bringing it down to the simplest types of words that are more um, common to their speech. Um, and, and then also, on top of that, is just using fewer words. We talk a lot as adults. Um, we use way too many words for these kids. So even within that one example, um, with the kid that I was working, well, that I was sitting beside, I just said, you know, do you, make feel, do you make God feel good or bad? And then I said it again, good, bad. So that way I'm I started with a, an easier way to explain it instead of proud. I, I put it in a sentence, and then I just simplified it even more to, I'm giving you two choices, <laughs> good or bad. And then he gets to pick, and he picked good, which was great. I was really happy. Um, and then another thing we can do is use communication tools. So um, on your cell phone, you now have the ability, as of today, to download um, some of the picture symbols that kids commonly see at school. Um, so what I did is I just downloaded it and put it in a, um, album on my phone called K-Scope. And so, um, you can use this for a myriad of ways, one of which is communication and one of this, which, um, could also be sort of with behavior helping. Um, so for example, today with that little boy or not, boy, he's not little, he's like 
20. Um, <laughs> with that 20-year-old man. Okay. <laughs> um, we, I was trying to figure out if he, to show him a different way to talk about um, God being proud. And so I happened to have the symbol like on my phone. And so I showed him like, and I was like, what is God like? Um, so that way I could try to, you know, give him a little bit more. And then I also have help. So I was like, you know, when do you help your parents? So that way it gives him a visual. And he was staring at it and just kept saying help, which I'm glad that he knows what I'm talking about. He didn't actually give me an answer, but he at least knew what I was talking about because I was using a visual. Um, another thing to do is a lot of times, and I know that um, when we get to behavior, this will be talked about a lot more, but a lot of times what you'll see is um, if kids get, I'm going to use a big word, it's called dysregulated. And that just means that um, like the inside of their body is um, heightened. Um, either they're really, really excited about something or really anxious about something. But no matter what it is, it's causing them to have some sort of behavior manifestation um, based on the fact that they don't really understand what their body is doing. Um, so when that happens, the first thing you're going to want to do is cut out as much language as humanly possible. Um, because they can't, a lot of kids with um, special needs have a hard time with language, even if they have a lot of language and they use like all these really highfalutin words on regular day, when they get to the point where they um, are dysregulated, their language kind of goes out the window. And so using a visual will um, anchor them to something that they can understand. So um, a lot of times, like even just something as simple as like stop or like or help, just something really easy will give them something to look at and anchor onto. And then you can kind of open up the lines of communication again. But at the very beginning, you're going to want to just stop talking altogether <laughs> and go straight to visuals, maybe one or two words. Um, so that's what we mean by fewer words. And we're going to, um, oh, you had that too. Oh, I think it's stopped. We're going to give you guys a lot more information about how to use the visual. So just kind of put that right there. And we're going to go into it in a lot more depth later. But yeah, that's great. So I didn't okay. that. So that's with kids. <clears throat> So buddy to buddy or with teachers. So um, part, of, part of my job um, working in, in the school district I work in is I'm one of the lead speech language pathologists. So I um, train and, and supervise the campus-based speech language pathologists. And we've had to do a lot of training on um, crucial conversations and how to um, talk to other adults who have a similar job as us. Um, and a lot of that training is just really talking about respect and um, wanting to multiply their skills. And so we just wanted to make sure that um, today we talk about when you're talking to other adults, they might have similar experiences as you, or they might have completely different experiences with you um, as you. And so one, taking emotions out of conversations is really important. Um, just talking about the facts. This could be with parents or just with peers um, to here in our, in our ministry. Um, and then um, always speaking in a respectful way. So, um, and I mean, this is kind of common sense, but it's, it's just good to talk about how, like, the way that we speak to each other really does matter. So um, making sure that we are respecting um, somebody who is a fellow volunteer is really important because especially, like, for us who we, we, we work with these kids 
all day long, every day, um, five days a week. And our weekends are when we aren't with them all the time. And then we come to church and we do it some more. Um, so with, when it comes to that, we get real used to kind of um, speaking in this specific language. And so making sure that we kind of stop and realize that like you might you might work in an office building, you know, on during your weekday, and and this isn't something that y'all see all the time. But you're giving your time to to come and support these students, and so just making sure that we're all respecting everybody's um, experiences and everybody's um, level of um, knowledge is really important. So I just wanted to make sure that we all feel that way, and that that y'all feel that way from us. Um, and so one way to do that is. Um, to, to do things like, I hear you say, whatever, or um, tell me about that, whatever. Um, so just taking a lot of emotion out of it would be good. And then the last thing is the sandwich strategy. Um, so whenever you're, in this, I, I know you're going to talk about this more with parents, but it's if anytime somebody tells you something or you tell somebody else something negative, make sure that you sandwich it between two positive things because it's really important to hear the things that they're doing well. Um, so, for example, there was a situation with a student, or sorry, student, again, I work in a school, so there's a situation with a child, um, and I needed to talk to the parent about it, so I wanted to make sure that the parent heard something really positive about their child <laughs> before going to the negative, so just making sure you do that. Great. Thanks, Nicole. Okay, and I'm going to kind of just... Um, take this a step further and just kind of say, so one of the things, and I'm not exactly sure exactly how this is done across the different campuses, but here at Dallas, we really uh, hand part of our ministry away to our volunteers, as you know, our volunteer leaders, and we ask y'all to communicate with our families. So if you're paired with a buddy on Sunday morning, we ask you to text with them, find out if they're coming that Sunday, to ask them how you can pray for them. And sometimes those conversations can also go into, oh, well, you know, Hank had a bad day today. And so there's a lot, a lot of value to thinking through how you can communicate effectively between a buddy and a family. And also, we really want to encourage you to remember that we want you to partner with the teaching team. So if you're serving in K-1 Race and Inclusion or On Your Mark, you have a whole team there that you're part of. So you have the teachers, the lay leaders, the coaches, the coordinators. So there might be some situations where you have to talk between other adults, um, and then sometimes the families need to come in too. And so there's a lot of cross-communication, but just to help you all think about all all the different types of communication that we're talking about here um, with kaleidoscope it may seem like you're only going to be communicating um, just with a kiddo but really we want you to be communicating with that family like at recess if your family when they come and pick up your child we want you to be able to tell them give them a sandwich like they did this was great tonight this was maybe challenging they want to hear they don't want to they want to know how things are going with their kids so you want to like tell them both the good and the bad things maybe recess not so much because it's really just fun but especially on Sunday mornings we do want you to make sure you can communicate and feel like you, you you should communicate with the families how things are going with the kid but it's really good to be able to sandwich it between like hey he did this really well today this was a challenge this is how we're working on it and then we're so proud of him for this so that's just something to keep in mind um okay so just um, a few more things on communicating with families, because this is just going back to our mission. I'm not going to go back to that slide, but what is our mission? Our mission is to partner with families, right, to point their kids to Christ. And so there's several different ways we can do that. So when you add on kind of this extra layer of special and additional needs, that means that there's sometimes a need to have an extra conversation, right? Like um, sometimes kids... Um, 
have certain um, dietary restrictions. Of course, this is kind of across the board. Sometimes kids um, have something going on with their behavior that day, some communication that needs to um, uh, be clarified or whatever. So we're asking you to kind of, this is part of this training, we're asking you to come to this training because it's kind of an extra layer on top of just the typical children's ministry policies and stuff like that. We're asking you to take it a step further. And so just keep in mind that there's just going to be lots of um, situations where we're going to encourage you to communicate well with families. Um, and so here's an example. Ask parents um, what works at school and at home. So like if you're having trouble with a kiddo, and let's just use kind of the on your mark um, example right now. Maybe your kiddo is running around um, during the worship time and they're really not wanting to sit. They're wanting to leave the classroom. Like that's just kind of a scenario we've seen a lot lately. Um, so what is the first thing that you can do? Well, you can hang out afterwards, talk to the families when they pick up the kiddos and say, hey, we're experiencing this. Is this happening at school? Is this something you've seen at home? Like, you know, whenever you're out and about, like, what are some things that you're doing at home that are working well with your child? So ask them to, like, let them participate and just find out what's going on. Like, what are the things that the child responds to? And the second thing is keep them in the loop on what is working well at church. So we're going to be um, teaching you to use these tools and these different um tools. Uh, and so we want you to be able to communicate with the families. We want you to understand how to use them well enough that you can actually show the moms and dads, hey, this is what we used today, and this is how this helped. So you can really have the opportunity to equip the families to some degree and be like, hey, even may, they may not have any answers when you say, what are you doing at home, at home or school? They may say, honestly, we can't really figure this one out. And you can say, well, you know, this is something we're doing here at church, and maybe this could be something you could try. Um, so we want to make sure you're keeping them in the loop on what's going on, show them the tools. And then also, this is the biggest, most important one, should have been number one. We want you to partner with parents in prayer. Y'all, I mentioned this a lot to our Kaleidoscope team, and I want to bring it up again. I'm going to use an example. I used to serve in K-1 race here as a teacher, and Tara, the coordinator, had a little column. I don't know if y'all remember this, if you serve in K-1, when you're signing the kids in, and it actually says, prayer. And like each time you sign the kids in, you ask the parents, how can I pray for you this week? And it was such a great accountability because it kind of forced you to ask the question because it's right there in the column. You got to fill it out. You got to put something in there. And so I just want to encourage y'all when you're texting with your families, when you're about with their kiddos or coming, let's say they're not coming this week. Well, what's going on? How can I pray for you? Like, do you know, does he have a doctor appointment this week? Is someone going to be in the hospital? And um, whatever's going on, we want to, really to encourage you to just continually ask them how you can pray. And then if you're going to ask them how to pray for them and tell them you're going to pray for them, actually pray for them. And that's where I'm just going to hold y'all accountable. Don't ask them if you're not going to pray for them, but I believe that you guys will. So just pray for families. And I think you'll be really amazed to see how the Lord will really be faithful and work through that. Um, and you can ask them to pray with you over certain um, behaviors or different challenges the kids are having you say hey will you pray with us with with um, about this with us we're having a really hard time um, in small group time or whatever can we pray with y'all about that and just make sure you're partnering with them in that way okay so let's just wrap this up and we'll get into the communication tool so um is this unicorn why use a communication tool um we kind of have talked about this but let's just go over this really quickly and then we'll go to the actual tool okay so it helps you use fewer or shorter words like i was talking about earlier um, it helps you with kids who may be nonverbal or who don't have a lot of words on their own. Um, it helps you with kids who are having some sort of meltdown or um, and they can't really tell you what's wrong. And then the last one, it, it helps you. Um, it helps the kids feel heard and safe. A lot of the kids who come to us are in school somewhere, and they are they are seeing these types of symbols at school. So we want to make sure that we are trying to, as much as we can, communicate with them in a way that they've already learned how to do, as opposed to teaching them something completely different. Um, so we grabbed some of these from um, 
the, what we've already been doing at, like at work and school with our kids, and that's what we're showing you today. Okay. Okay, so just quickly, did everyone pick up the handout that tells you how to add the communication tool to your phone? Okay, if you didn't get one, um, hopefully there's some back there. I'm going to be emailing this out. So after this is all said and done, I'm going to be emailing you guys um, the slides that we're talking about today and all the different tools and links to everything so you'll have all of it. But um, so, so I promised y'all a contest. So I emailed this out last night. Did, raise your hand if you got my email last night encouraging oh, yay, to load this onto your phone. Okay, if you didn't, it's okay. But so I promised y'all that if the three people, I'm going to randomly call three names, that they um, put the tool on their phone before today, that I'm going to have three prizes. So we're going to do a quick a quick prize drawing here. Okay, so um, let's do it this way. I'm just going to call out the names and I already pre-drew and we'll see who won. Okay, so Brenna, Brenna Nemec, did you put it on your phone before you came? Yes! Yay! Okay, winner number one. You win a $5 gift card to Super Chicks, which you can get an entire concrete with $5 at Chicken uh, Super Chicks. So Mason's going to give you your gift card. Okay, um, let's see, Austin, Austin Cotton, are you here? Did you? Oh, okay, that's okay. Um, ben Anthony. I haven't even met Ben yet. Ben Anthony. No, okay. Okay, we'll call a couple more. Um, Taylor Ray. Did you load it on your phone? Where are you? Oh, Taylor, I'm so disappointed. I feel like now I'm just embarrassing you, but that's okay. Um, Ashley Norton. Did you do it? Yes, Ashley wins a gift card. $5 to Super Chicks. And she's brand new on our team, too, by the way. Welcome. Um, and then I'll call one more. Who else do I have here? Oh, Carlin. I don't know Carlin. Carlin, did you load it? Yes. Okay, that's our third winner, Carlin. Okay. So now y'all are probably like, you see, if you didn't do it, you're really wanting to know now what is this thing, right? Okay, so we're about to show you. Okay, so here's the way it's going to work. You have your handout. I don't want you to get out your phones and do it right now because I want y'all to listen. But I want to challenge you that with the next time you come to serve at Watermark with Kaleidoscope or Recess, have this tool on your phone. Okay, we're really asking you to do this because we think it's going to make a huge difference. Okay, so I'm just going to quickly walk you through the steps that are on your handout. You're going to get... You're going to sign up for Remind, which means you're going to text. It tells you how to do it. You're going to sign up for Remind. Once you sign up for Remind, you're going to receive a text on your phone in your little text messaging box, and it's going to tell you to click here on this link, ooh, and it's going to take you to Dropbox. Okay? If you already have the Dropbox app, you can click on the app, but if you don't, just click straight to website, and this is the tool. Okay, so what you're going to do, you want to actually, so you don't want to access it through Dropbox, you want to actually download the, the pictures to your phone so you don't have to worry about having access to Dropbox every time you're on campus. So you're going to just tap on each individual picture, sorry, you're going to tap on it, you're going to hold it with your little thumb until it says save image, and you're going to save the image, I know y'all can't see that, but save the image to your phone, and it's on the handout. Once you've done that, just go to your little photos. And look, that image I just saved is right there on my phone. And so what I did is I went in and made a nifty little album right here where I have all of the images. So it's just really easy. And again, just walk through it. But that's the whole idea. So the whole idea is you want to have the tools on your phone in the way that you can click on each individual image and scroll through them like that. 
You don't want to just have it like on a website where it's like got all the pictures. You want to have them individually on your device so you can literally, like Nicole was just saying, be like, okay, like I'm going to go to my album and see what do I need next. Oh, I need, I need, I need quiet. So we're going to go to quiet. Okay, or I'm going to go back and I'm going to say, oh, it's time to walk. And I'm going to show them walk, okay? So that's just the gist of how to get it on there. And then we're going to go through some scenarios to help you actually learn how to use it. So that's just getting it onto your phone. And it's, it's a couple of things to say about that. First of all, don't come to church with your phone and then text or surf during serving. That is not the idea. So we're, we're basically giving you a little um, bending of our rules of saying keep your phone in your pocket. The only reason to get your phone out when you're serving in Kaleidoscope is to use this tool. Or you can take a picture of your kids as long as you ask for permission to post it. We've talked about that a lot. But don't just like take advantage of it and call and text. And I know y'all won't do that. But really, this is, this is kind of like an accommodation. Like sometimes kids in public school will have an accommodation, which means they're allowed to use their phone for certain things, like if they need to listen to a book or whatever. So this is giving you an accommodation, meaning you can use it for this purpose, okay? Um, and then the other thing is... Um, I think that was that. Okay. So we'll go ahead and go to how to actually use it. So Nicole's going to walk us through. Do you want to use mine? Or do you I have it? Okay. She's yeah. going to, see, we both have it. She's going to um, walk us through like an actual like little role play so you can um, see how it works. Okay. Also, before I start, if there's pictures or if there's things that you're finding that you need a picture, like for example, um, Shelby just said, hey, your sit's in a chair and not on the floor. Oh. Well, because my kids sit in a chair. Right. So um, I can make a sit on the floor. So just if there's something that you feel like, oh, I feel like I really wish I had a picture for this, let Lynn know and she can contact me and I can create it and then we can put it um, and just send out another remind saying, hey, updated pictures on Dropbox. Or oh, I'm sorry. That's the thing I was going to tell you just really quick too. Um, going back to remind. And the other thing that's going to happen once you join Remind is it's we're going to start to text you um, every time you serve. So if you serve at 9 o'clock on a Sunday, if you serve at recess, you're going to receive a text, and it's going to say, hey, glad you're serving today. Remember to use your communication tool. And it will have another little link right there in case you don't have it. So we're going to, like, basically inundate you with this until you use it. But um, that's the Remind is also another way that I'm going to be able to text y'all. Hey, we've been who's been asking for the text? A lot of y'all have been asking me to text you instead of email you so we're going to start to text you to remind you to serve in addition to emailing so and um, but anyway but yeah so just make sure you sign up for that so we can communicate with you and remind you to use it okay go ahead okay so um lynn asked me to give y'all a couple examples of how i've used it with students here or, sorry it's just going to be students for it's a while fine. i apologize um and so one of the examples actually happened today i was i had met a new person um <laughs> in the scope class. And I, I think I saw him a couple times before, but he's never actually come up to me to say hi and introduce himself. So he did, um, which I was really proud of, and we shook hands. And then he sat right next to me and he like wanted to do the whole interlocking holding hands thing with me. And I'm not his girlfriend, so I felt a little bit awkward. And so I kind of leaned over and said, you know, hey, I just met you. <laughs> That's weird. Um, and so like I, I kind of undid my hand and sat down and then he, leaned against me and put his head on my shoulder. And so I was like, okay, at this point, I feel like me just talking to him about that is probably not going to go over very well. So I pulled out my phone and I was like, hey, can you have calm hands? And can you sit up straight? Um, 
And so, because that way it's not like, hey, get off me. Um, but I was, instead of telling him what I don't want him to do, I wanted, I told him what I did want him to do and I used some pictures. And so every time he wanted, like, cause he kind of grabbed my hand a couple of times throughout t this morning. So every time he grabbed my hand, I just like took my hand out and showed him the calm hand picture. And then every time he wanted to lean over on me, I sort of like sat up and I showed him the sit up picture. And every time guys, I did it he instantly was like, oh, sit, and he sat up, or oh, you know, hands, and he put his hands together in between his legs for some reason, but he did it. Um, so, and that was just a really easy way for me to not have to have the same conversation 16 times with him, um, to quickly show him a picture, and I didn't have to interrupt the teaching that was going on, um, and that was just like one way of doing it. Um, the example I used earlier was, kind of using some of the words to ask him questions, which I've done before too. Um, in a different situation, there was a Sunday where one of the um, kids in On Your Mark, second grade, one of the kids in On Your Mark, um, his buddy was absent, so I was in there being his buddy. Um, and he was having a really hard time during the teaching part. He, he was pretty good during the singing part, but the teaching part, he was very squirmy. And so I kind of just pulled the sit um, and had him sit, even though it was the wrong picture. Um, he, still, he still figured it out. But the thing that was really hard for him is that he was incredibly interested in my watch. I have an Apple watch. I mean, he wanted to like click on it and play with it. And so I used the look. And so every time he started looking down at my watch, I would kind of just put this in his line of sight. And I was like, look. And I would point to the lady who was talking. And he was like, oh. And he would instantly start looking at her. So... Um, and we had to do a couple of these, like look and quiet and sit, because then he wanted to talk to me about the butterfly on my Apple Watch. And so I pulled it over and was like, okay, well, well, that's great, but we're quiet, you know? And so just showing him these signs, or yeah, symbols, thank you. Showing him these symbols was really helpful. So you can kind of do it in two ways. You can do it for sort of like behavior management, making sure that they're participating with the group. But then you can also do it for communication, like this morning whenever I was wanting to ask him what God liked or you know how he helped his friends. That's so. great, awesome. Thank you, Nicole. Oh, I don't need yeah. this anymore. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Y'all, I just want to like reiterate, and I should have said this at the beginning. I meant to mention that when God brought us a coach team, he brought us a team of experts and like they are believers that are running after Christ and they're involved in community and here at Watermark, literally running, but they're also really, they know about this stuff. And so I just wanted to say again, like how cool it is that God has just answered so many prayers and brought so many different experts to our team. So thank you, Nicole. She trains um, a speech language pathologist is a, as a therapist, basically, or an expert who helps kids learn how to speak. Um, and so that's really cool that Nicole's here on our team. So I just want to thank you for that. Um, and just wanted to say one of the things she was mentioning the thing about um, the little, the guy and, and this gentleman, I should say, he's about 19 years old. And so I think it's a good example of saying like when we set expectations for kids with special needs, the same as um, other people. If a if a 19 year old gentleman was sitting next to you and wanting to interweave you know his hands with you, that would be inappropriate. And so I think it's important to know that that's just like an example of like. It would be easy to kind of treat him like he was four or five years old and let him do that. But instead, raising that bar and treating him like an adult and giving him that respect, that was what when Nicole was doing there. And that's a really great thing to do. So we can love on the kids and stuff like that. But just like kind of think like you want to treat people with disabilities um, appropriately for what their age is, not necessarily their intellectual ability, if that makes sense. So just kind of bear that in mind as well. So I just want to clarify that. Um, okay, awesome. So.
We're going to move on to behavior now. Um, and so just to remind y'all again, um, just to keep our mission in, in mind, um, what we're going to be talking about, um, we're going to be um, talking about partnering with parents and pointing kids to Christ. So again, we're not looking to have like these perfect little kids at church that are sitting still for the sake of it. We want them to be able to be engaged in what we're doing so they can learn about the Bible and, and learn um, to, become, to become Christians ultimately. Um, okay, so I'm going to have, who's next? Um, is it Brent or is it Claire? All right. Claire is one of our ABA therapists, which is a b- Applied Behavioral Analysis. ABA is, just to give you all some context, is a really well-known and well-documented ther- type of therapy that helps kids on the autism spectrum and have different behavior issues um, be able to correct those. And so that, that's what Claire does all day long is work with these kids. She's also one of our most reliable buddies and has helped one of our entire families who has several kiddos um, on the autism spectrum be successful here at church. And so I really consider her to be an expert in understanding how to help kids kind of apply some of these things that she knows in her workplace to our church environment here. And we actually have seen them be successful, which is really cool. So she's going to share with us a little bit about behavior. And then um, Brendan's going to join her in a second, who's also an ABA therapist. Thank you. Um, so yes, so behavior. We all do it. Behavior is anything that you do. Breathing is a behavior, talking behavior, sitting in a chair, it's all behavior. And so what our kids that we work with, their behavior looks a little bit different than ours. And they, they may be more challenging, and behavior for one person looks entirely different than the next person. And what works one Sunday may not work the following Sunday. And so like, really have to keep that in mind, and what may work at home or at school may not always work here. Because behavior changes constantly, especially with our kiddo. Um, and so, um, so what do we need to know about behavior? Well, essentially, there's four main reasons. There's four functions of behavior. There are four main reasons why we do the things that we do, whether it's us as neurotypical adults or our kids with special needs. Almost everything they do, well, everything they do comes from one of these four reasons. And so I'm here to just to talk about these four reasons. So if y'all can start to understand, hey, why is my kid engaging in this behavior? You'll be able to better pick out strategies that are going to be more effective to that situation. Because not everything works for every single behavior. Um, so the first function of a behavior is attention. Plainly put, attention is they want to gain your attention. They will do anything they possibly can to get you to interact with them, another kid or a teacher to interact with you. An example of this is my buddy. He loves to climb on the shelves in our starting block classroom because he loves the game of me having to come and get him down every single time. And I mean, it's a safety issue, so I have to, but he loves it. It's attention. He loves that back and forth game. More examples are those kids that are running away from you and they're looking back to see if you're going to chase them, all for attention. Again, also safety issue, so you got to follow them. But if you're understanding, hey, why is this kid running away? oh, it's just because it's a game for him, then you can learn how to change that to let's chase him into the big group room or whatever it is that you need to do. The second function is escape, which, again, it, there is a non-preferred activity like big group for most of our kids. They don't want to go to big group. So they're walking to big group, they realize where they're going, and they take off the opposite direction. They're escaping that behavior. Um, the kids that are having meltdowns or tantrums in big group, they may be overwhelmed, they're overstimulated, or they just don't like that song, so they start plugging their ears. 
My kid this morning, I've never seen him cry, but he just busted out crying, plugged his ears, and started yelling, go to the potty. So something was making him really unhappy, and I said, let's go to the potty. Um, and then, but then, since I knew he didn't like that activity, I still made him go back. But that's a different story. Um, so escape, they're just trying to avoid whatever activity that you are about to make them do, whether to interact with the peers, go to the big group, sit in the small group teaching setting, whatever type of behavior they're gonna do to avoid that, they're gonna do it. Um, number three is gaining access to a tangible. So this would look like they wanna play with the toys that are in the closet or hidden underneath the table. They don't wanna go to the big group or they don't wanna go join their peer because they wanna stay over there and play with the toys. So they're wanting to gain access to toys, to the snacks, um, sometimes like the curtains and the K, uh, yeah, K1, those curtain, sometimes that's escape because they don't want to sit, but sometimes they just love, that's so reinforcing for them to play with those curtains. So they'll just run back and forth in those curtains all morning long. That's like. We've had the curtain issue happen. Okay, there we are. There we are. Okay, yeah. Yeah, see, I've, I've had that for the last three years. Um, and so that's gaining access to a tangible. Why they're doing what they're doing, that's just really reinforcing for them. And then the last one is self-stimulatory behavior. That is something that every single one of us engages in. I do it when I play with my hair, nail biters. For our kids, that's your more typical like hand flapping, it's the head shaking, it's walking on your toes. Um, and so that's just something that they automatically engage in. And sometimes it can be disruptive to a learning situation where you're sitting in a small group and they're over there going la da 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 da. Like I, my kid loves to talk, like he'll just, script all morning long and he can't sit there and listen because he just keeps sitting there scripting. And those are some of the hardest stuff to learn how to, hey, how can I better draw your attention to this small group? Because you're engaging in the self-stimulatory behavior. And so that's the four different reasons why you're most likely engaging in a specific type of behavior. And Brand is gonna talk about specific strategies to help with all the behaviors. I'm going to go back one slide real quick before I let you go, Bruin. So I forgot to have one. Thank you, Claire. I mean, yes, Claire. That was awesome. And I just want to say, so she's kind of setting the stage for us then going into how do we actually um, help with these behaviors. But I want to go back just real quick and just mention these things um, that I um, wanted to make sure we're talking about. So this is, again, going back to our mission, the context of we're here at church, and like, what are we talking about? Like, what is the mission here? And I just want to kind of mention a few things. So kids who make poor choices, which result in less than ideal behavior, which we're talking about, need help understanding that their behavior is going to keep them from achieving these goals. Like, so like, we have goals, right? We've already defined the goals. I'm not going to go through them again, but like, we want them to participate, all that kind of stuff. Okay, well, we need to make sure the kids understand, and this is, again, any kiddo across any ministry, but especially kids with special and additional needs. Man, if you can't sit still and listen during the worship, or I'm sorry, during the teaching time, you're not going to get to learn about Jonah today. Man, what a big deal that you don't get to learn about Jonah, because you, did you know that, that God, he wants you to learn about Jonah today. So if you can't be still, then you're not going to get to learn, okay? And so that's helping them understand your behavior that's less than ideal is resulting in not meeting this goal that we all have for all of our kids. And um, number two, we can help kids learn how to make better choices at church by teaching them what the Bible says, right? So what does the Bible say about, for instance, self-control? Someone who serves in K-1 race, you've been learning about self-control recently, right? So we can remind them, you know, if you're a believer and you um, have put your trust in Christ, you have the Holy Spirit come and be part of you, and that's going to allow you to have self-control. And so we can remind them that this is really hard, what I'm asking you to do, to be still right now or to wait 
the three minutes of the timer or whatever it is. But you know what? You're not doing this on your own. You are empowered by, the, um, by Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit, and he can help you have self-control. You can learn about that. So not just you know, expecting them to just do it, but helping them remember that they have, they have a, an awesome helper that can help them do that and what the Bible says about it. And then number three, when a child's disability or additional needs are a factor in their behavior, we want to make sure to seek to understand and prevent. So in other words, what we're talking about today, and in most cases the kids we're talking about, are going to have trouble somewhat related to their special or additional need. In some cases, a kid may have autism or Down syndrome, and they're also just sinning. Like this morning, I can think of a particular kiddo in our scope ministry. She has Down syndrome, and it's hard for her to do certain things. But this morning, she didn't want to obey, and that was just sin. Like it didn't really matter whether she had Down syndrome, whether she had you know a wheelchair or anything. She was just making poor choices this morning about certain things. So there's a. It's good to like think through you know what is sin, and then also just what is happening because it's a trigger or something related to them having special needs. So some of the things we want to mention are. Um, some of these triggers are like sensory issues, like some kids have a lot of sensitivity to noise, to lights, to um, the room full of people like in Wake or in On Your Mark when there's just tons of kids. So those can be things that will cause them to have behaviors that we're talking about. Um, the transitions between activities and rooms, kids especially in the autism spectrum and also kids with Down syndrome are kind of notorious for having trouble transitioning. Even if they're doing something, well let's say they're doing something they really love, but then you're going to go and do like at recess, we're going to go see the fire truck, oh my goodness, and they're still like, nope, I just want to keep coloring. And you're like, but it's the fire truck. They have trouble with transitioning. And kids with, on the autism spectrum a lot of times just have trouble with any type of transition, whether it's something good or bad. So knowing your kid's profile, like understanding and reading those profiles we send out to you when you're serving and understanding or at recess, you have a little card that tells you what's going on with the kids. Understanding that, it may not be that always the reason that they're having trouble. It may be that they're just making a poor choice, but also just understand that. Seek to understand, understand and factor that into what is going on. And that is have triggers, but that's kind of what I'm talking about. Triggers can also be things like... Um, uh, kiddo and on your mark recently was having a really bad day and we found that one of the reasons he was having a bad day is because his mom who's not always in the picture was there and living with him again that that week or that weekend and so there was an emotional extra factor trigger that was involved in him having a seeking attention or seeking these different stimuli or whatever and so just understanding the way only way you're going to know about something like that is by having a conversation and an ongoing dialogue with your family so that's another reason that's important okay so just wanted to make sure we didn't skip those and then i'm going to go back over to our behavior strategy. So here are, get out your pens and pencils, ladies and gentlemen, here are the 10 ways that you can help with behavior um, here at church. But there's lots more. These are just the top 10 that we kind of chose as the coach team, uh, leadership team that um, Brynn is going to go into now. And we're going to have a Q&A at the end. So kind of write down your notes and your questions you have about these, and we're going to have time to um, talk about them in more detail. Okay, go ahead. And um, Claire kind of touched on this, but I want to add real quick that just because a strategy works one time does not mean it's going to work every time. Um, so just anecdotally. Um, so one, give two choices. So if you're in music, um, give them the choice to sit or stand. Um, give them the choice if they want to sit at the front of the room or the back of the room. It gives them a little bit of a sense of control that they get to choose even though it's still under your control. Um, the second one is 
like they said earlier, use as little language as possible because they may not always understand what it is that you're telling them. Use the tool, um, use what we're providing you, use those symbols. Um, number three is first then. Um, so first we're gonna go to music and then we can play with the um, trains. First we're gonna sit and then we can go to the bathroom. Um, so very simple statements. Again, limiting that communication in your language. Very simple statements. Um, always stand firm if you know they're trying to escape a situation. Um, hold those expectations. Um, you know, they may not um, always be able to stay. You may have to run after them, um, but you have to maintain that safety. But hold those, um, stand firm, and don't let them get away with everything all the time. Um, behavior is not always going to change right away. So it may take them a few months um, to get used to the new tool, to get used to the visual schedule that we're going to teach you. Um, it doesn't always change right away. It may take you weeks and weeks and weeks to get them to sit for two minutes in the big group time. They're not going to stay the whole time right away. It may take a couple of weeks. It may take five months. Um, but just be patient and know that it will eventually change. Um, let them take a break. Um, use the tool to have them ask for a break. That could be going to get a drink of water, going to the bathroom, going out of the room. Sometimes um, with the sensory stuff, with the music, they may just need um, a quiet break from that. Headphones, um, I was going to talk a little bit about that. Um, using a timer, so um, like she was saying, transitions can be hard. So when you know that you're about to have to transition from the room to big group, use a timer. Okay, you have two more minutes, and then we have to go to big group. That lets them know that a change is coming, but it's not right away. They have a second to prepare their minds, um, get ready for what's next. And that kind of comes for prep. What for what's next. Use the visual schedule. If you know they have sensory issues and the music can be too much, make sure you have headphones, um, that sort of things. Um, again, the visual schedules will help set those expectations of what you're looking for. Um, tell them what you want to see, what not what you don't want to see. So don't say like, don't do this, don't do that. Say, I'd rather, um, I'd like to see you sitting instead of standing, or um, I want calm hands, um, that sort of thing. Um, instead of, because no one wants to be told all the time, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. You want to be told what to do um, or what you're looking for. Um, and give them different um, options to replace that bad behavior. Um, so... Um, when you want them to be quiet, instead of just saying be quiet, they may not know what exactly you're looking for. Um, tell them to have a bubble in their mouth or um, that sort of thing. So give them another option of what you do want to see because they may not know a replacement for that bad behavior. And I know y'all probably have, who has a question right now? I'm just curious. Does anyone have a question? Wow, y'all don't? I thought y'all would. Okay, well, we're going to have time to ask questions later, but thank you. That was awesome. And a couple of things I want to just point out. On number six, 
you do have permission to use your phone for the timer. So again, okay, thank you. Um, so you can use the timer on your phone. That's a great tool. It's a great reason to use it. Again, just don't text while you're doing it. Okay, yeah, but we do that a lot. Um, and then, okay, so I'm gonna go into some um, safety. So I think that's all, okay, yes, thank you very much. Okay, all right, I'm gonna wrap up behavior because we're gonna move on into visual, um, not virtual, but visual schedules in just a second. Okay, just a couple more things, just really quick. Oh, sorry. Uh, Advancing. Okay, um, and just, I'm going to say this. Um, if you have not read your Watermark Children's Policy Manual, then the next thing you need to do after you leave this room is read that. Um, it's a requirement to read it before you serve in any ministry, but a lot of what we're talking about here doesn't even kind of even make sense if you don't understand what our policies are. So every fall when you serve in Kaleidoscope and Recess, we have a kickoff where we go over all the policies, so we're not even getting into all the weeds on this, but y'all, as you know, it's a, it's a long manual. There's a lot of policies, so I would really encourage you, and this is what I'm going to challenge you and say is a requirement across Kaleidoscope. You really need to be reading through that manual like annually. So I'm going to be reminding you when you kind of re-up your membership to Serving Kaleidoscope every August, just read it again. And, and here's how I do it. It's like 30 pages long. I just listen to it. I just listen to it when I'm like getting ready in the morning, when I'm driving to work or something. Like I don't sit and read 30 pages of a policy manual, but you can listen to it on your phone. So if anyone wants me to tell you how to do that, I would love to. But like just, just get it in your head and that'll help you. So, but just a couple of things I have to point out that come out of that policy manual around safety and behavior and then we're going to move on is um, just remember our two adults to one child policy. Okay, so if you have a kiddo that's running, a lot of times we'll assign two buddies to that kid if we can, but just always make sure that you grab like a coach, um, a floater from on your mark, K1 race, whatever. Don't try not to be alone with that kiddo. That's the same policy across every kid, every single kid at Watermark. We have the two adults to one child policy. It can be hard in kaleidoscope, but again, we just try to strive to reach that same level. Don't just assume because the kiddo has special needs, it's okay that you're just with them by yourself. You really need to try to grab someone to come and help you. Right, JB? You guys do that a lot. Okay, sorry. JB's like right there. He's nodding at me the whole time. Right, Jeremiah? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Um, okay, so just remind y'all about that. The same thing, the oh, tantrums and running away, that's what I was saying. Make sure that you're grabbing someone to come with you. Um, if you have a tantrum or a situation kind of going into emergencies, um, we're hoping that these tools are going to help prevent a lot of that behavior. Like we're hoping over the next like six months to a year as we all kind of become more skilled in using these tools, we're going to see a downtick in our running and um, curtain behavior and everything. I mean, I don't know. I'm not going to actually like collect data against that, but like it would be kind of cool to see. I, the prediction is that those behaviors are going to get better, right? So we're hoping that they, the tools are going to help you not have to pull your kids off the stage and out of curtains and, you know, just whatever. We want them to be present and engaged. But if you have something happen, um, we've had a couple of situations where a kiddo um, really lost it and was like kind of throwing punches and stuff and we didn't really know what to do. Um, always make sure to call or text me. There's my cell phone if you're on a Sunday or serving with Kaleidoscope or Rachel if you're serving with recess. If it's something that's going on that you just, it's outside your comfort zone or your expertise, call us. Pull someone in from staff. If you're serving it on your mark, there's the, co the coordinator, the person who's teaching from the stage is the coordinator, like the leader. Grab that person, um, a director or someone. Just make sure that you get help, especially if it's like something where kids are being violent. I'm looking at Ryan because we had that happen. Um, but we, it was also a really great opportunity to pray and partner with his family and, um, and figure out how we could serve that kiddo. Um, so make sure to bring people in. Don't try to handle it on your own. Know our policies. Again, um, 
Um, we may or may not have a, a challenge that will involve swimming in the pond downstairs if you haven't read your policy manual. So just make sure you've read it. Okay. Um, and then um, the last two things are ministry safe and background checks. You're, if you haven't done those, um, you, you have to have a background check. But if you don't have a current one, you'll be getting an email reminding you to do those. Um, so make sure that you follow up on that. Okay, I have to move on because we're running out of time. Okay, we're going to go to visual schedules. Um, and so Alyssa is going to come up. And so I'm going to pass around the visual schedules so y'all can actually look at them real quick while they're doing this. Thank you. Hello? Yes. Can you hear me? Yeah, so we have an example over here. Um, hey everybody, my name is Alyssa Winker. Um, I am a speech language pathologist as well. Um, and so this part of our training, it's all about visual schedules and it kind of brings together kind of behavior and communication all together. So that's why we say the best for last, right? Um, but anyway, so visual schedules are great. Um, because as speech language pathologists and um, behavior therapists, um, we deal with kids and, and special education teachers. Um, we deal with kids who have some sort of communication disorder. So, communication disorder meaning um, expressively they cannot verbally respond the same way that you and I would, and receptively they cannot understand what is being told to them or what's being spoken to them. So, we use a lot of symbols, visual schedules that all help um, with over just overall communication in general. So um, visual schedules are our best friend. Um, and so a visual schedule, it allows for um, predictability, really. So it's, it's predictable. Kids know what's coming next. They see this, the, the, what's on the schedule. They know what's coming next. So essentially what Lynn was talking about, how um, once they get used to using the visual schedule, it'll help. I don't want to say always eliminate the behavior, but it can reduce problematic behaviors or any th sort of disruptive behavior because they know what's coming next on the schedule. They can see it visually. Um, and so that's kind of how a visual schedule helps um, over just overall with behavior. Um, so it helps with sort of their independence in the fact that, um, so over here we have a to-do section, so we'll put, oh, we have to do, let's say, you know, classroom, song, or whatever, we have the to-do list here, so it um, promotes their independence in the fact that, okay, when we're done with that activity, I um, may have to prompt, put my hand on their hand to give them a, like, hand-on-hand -hand prompt to move their hand, to move the completed um, task on the other side, so technically it kind of does promote independence because they're able to move it themselves with your help or with with just doing it by themselves um, so it promotes it helps promote independence with the kiddos um, it's very predictable and essentially in the long run it is going to allow for um, just eliminating disruptive behavior overall because they're able to see okay um, I have to go to big group I have to go to worship I have to go to skit whatever um, and it breaks it up kind of like first, next, then last. So they're able to see a schedule overall and what that looks like. Because a lot of times it's, um, if you're thinking about all the tasks that you have to do on a daily basis, it is a lot and overwhelming. So no wonder these kids are having disruptive behaviors because their brains, they're just overstimulated. So um, what you do, we have um, kind of an icon that represents um, each activity. So we have icons for our younger kiddos and for our older kiddos. Um, and so you put the, um, each picture on the to-do section, and then um, kind of once that item is completed, then you move it over to the finished. Um, 
Now, if you have a visual schedule, we don't. I we only have like 30. Will y'all just pass them around? Sorry, I didn't make that clear. Take a look at it. And the buddy bag that it's in is what is going to house the visual schedule. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But you'll have a buddy bag on your back when you serve, and you'll have a visual schedule in it. So y'all just pass them around. Okay. Now Shelby's going to do a little role play with us to show us how to use one. So uh, it's really, really important. So for those who don't know, I'm the special education teacher. So this is basically what lives on in my classroom every day. Every kid of mine has a binder, and we just go through these. So there's pages and pages. So chances are, if you have a kid that's on the spectrum, um, especially of those who are more uh, lower functioning, they've seen something like this. Um, it's kind of a common practice to help use these. We've seen object schedules. We've seen other types of schedules. So they're really familiar. And that's why we went back with some of these, what we call board maker. So a lot of these pictures that they see are things that they might see in their schools as well. Um, I found this to be really helpful for one of my uh, buddies who's actually not even on this, or actually autism, but has a kind of coordinating spectrums. And so what we did was I just kind of set it for her. Now, depending on your student uh, or buddy that you have, I use student as well, um, it either might be helpful for you to set it for them or you could work together to do it. Um, I like to go to the teacher beforehand and be like, okay, what are we doing today? Sometimes there's not always a craft. Sometimes there might be a little bit more playtime. And as we get the routine going, I can kind of manipulate as well. Um, so as soon as, uh, when she comes in in the door, I'm like, okay, she loves playtime. You know, that's her thing. She loves to go to the kitchen room. And so she's got a different kind of version of this schedule because I was the one that kind of started using it with her. And I have like the kitchen room, the swing room, because she's in the K-scope wing more. So I just set it up and said, okay, you know, what's first? Playtime. Okay. And so we set kind of what we were doing. Go into the room. We go to playtime. Set the timer just like how we were doing because transitions are very difficult for her. Playtime's over. It's time to check your schedule. And this is something I literally repeat 20 million times a day. So it sounds the same to me every time. But I just say check your schedule. And she'll just take the playtime icon and move it over. Sometimes it might be a craft, so that's going to take, I know, good job. Normally I would say penny on, but you're not going to understand that. Um, so uh, normally it depends if it's like a tr simple transition, like we're just going from a classroom. I have an icon that says going to K1 race because that's where we're kind of working our way to. Um, something that might be small is going to the bathroom. And going forward, and I don't have it on here, she loves dismissal. Right, Tom? She loves going home. She loves going home. So it kind of helps you bring in that, like, okay, we got to do this, this, and this. And then when do we get to do? We get to go home. So it kind of lets them know, like, this is how my day is going. This is what I have to do. We really want snack, right? We love snack. Yes. Okay. Well, we got to do this, this, and this first before we get to snack. So it's a very simple concept. Um, um, sometimes I have to move things around, and that's why they're very Velcro-y and make sure that you can move them. We have the extra icons over here. Sometimes that can be a little bit more like, I want to go to the break. And it's like, no, it's not time for break yet. So if you want, you can just kind of fold it over, and you can just manipulate it as needed. It's really, really important to have your buddy be a part of that because it helps them know, okay, I have my classroom next, finished. What do I have next? Big group, finish. And it's really helpful for them to actually transition. And if you're in the KSCO area, uh, we as a team decided what kind of visuals we needed. So a lot of the rooms are going to have the visuals on there. So that way they can see like, oh, okay, break, okay, oh, swing room, bathroom. So those things are going to be more helpful for you. And uh, when we're doing small groups and everything, if you have any questions or anything, I'll be more than happy to model that for you. Um, like I said, these are kind of like my baby, and they're really helpful, and I go home with tons of pieces in my pockets every day. Um, so just if you have any questions, just let us know. But like I said, it really helps you setting expectations. So 
oh, we're going to story time, what do we need to be doing? We need to be sitting, we need to have calm hands, and we need to be listening, quiet bubbles. So it helps you kind of remind yourself like, okay, when we go to that, we need to be doing this, this, and this. When we go to this, we can do this, this, and this. Yeah, the icon itself can, is like the visual tool for that. So that's what she's saying. Like the icon is showing the child sitting or the icon is showing them walking or whatever. So were you yeah, going to add yeah, something yeah. to that, Alyssa? Okay, um, okay so the, my last tidbit I have. So let's say you have your schedule, right? And then you have it set for something um, already on there. But last minute, a schedule, there's a schedule change. So you need to be quick to change that on there so your child knows, oh, that's wrong. You know. So if there's a schedule change ever last minute, like you need to make sure you add that on there because let's say it's prayer time, but it has snack time on there. Your child is going to be so confused, and that could create some sort of disruptive behavior or over, they're overstimulated or something. So you just need to make sure if there is a ch ever change of schedule, you need to add that on your folder visual schedule, if that that's makes sense. Great. Yeah, the good news about that, thanks y'all, that's awesome. And we're gonna um, have some role play time that you're gonna actually have an expert, a team coach member in your small group and you're gonna get to actually walk through using it. This is kind of just the overview. Um, but yeah, so the good news is that Watermark for the most part in most of our children's ministries, the schedule's pretty set, as y'all know, week to week. And so you can just basically each week have your kiddo set that schedule with or you can kind of leave it, you know, the way it is and then that week they'll know what to expect. Okay, we're gonna go into Q&A in just a second. I just wanna wrap up really quick on visual schedules. So just really quickly to reiterate, why use a visual schedule? It allows a child to help plan their day or their time with you. It helps the child know what to expect and when. It may, may, we hope, reduce some of these behavior issues we're talking about. It may help meet those goals we keep talking about to participate, to learn about Jesus. And so the main thing we want to say to you is you're going to, if you serve in Kaleidoscope, we want you to come and get a buddy bag each time you serve. It has your visual schedule in it. It's these new, these new cool backpacks. You can wear them. We want you to learn to use it and we want you to use it. The key to this is consistency. I know this is different for some of you. We haven't done this before and we're kind of adding an extra thing, but we really think that this is, if we'll all, we'll all go all in, we think it's going to make a difference. So I just want to encourage you and remind you that's something I'll be reminding you to do every week when you get your little remind text. So, okay. And then where are the visual schedules? Important. So the purple buddy bags, hold up a buddy bag. Who has one of the buddy bags? Okay. Purple buddy bag. Okay. For this is again for the Dallas campus, Plano, Frisco, Fort Worth. I encourage y'all to do something similar. We can talk about how we did all that. Um, but they will be housed and located in the kaleidoscope wing, which is why you now have to make sure you come get your name tag in your lanyard, get your buddy bag, go use it, and then return it back each week. So that's how we've been working towards y'all being in that habit of coming because you have to come in. Sunny's really good about that. She always comes and gets her buddy bag. Um, but you have to use it. You don't take it home with you, and you're not going to have a specific one for your kiddo. We're going to share them um, from week to week. So yeah, we want you to use them, use it, and return it each week. Okay, so that's it. We cut into a little of our Q&A time, but we have some time. So we're going to go ahead and open up the floor to questions. And the coach team, y'all can just come stand up here. We're going to... Okay, so yes, yes, can you be big enough for us? Okay, so if you have a question, we're going to ask you to speak into the mic because we're recording this, um, and then we're going to do our best to answer. So what questions do y'all have? It can be about visual schedules, behavior. Are y'all like utterly confused or is this helpful? Yes? <laughs> Hopefully it's so. Mine's more of a scenario. Okay. Um, we have a child that brings his iPad, and he's on his iPad the whole time. How do you all... We encourage him to listen. We encourage him to, you know, look up every once in a while and, and do the transitions. But how, have yeah. you all experienced that, and how do you handle it? Yeah, that's a great question. Who wants to take that? Alyssa, can you handle it? Yes. Um, 
So is he using an iPad for his communication device? So this is just a hobby that he wants to use. Just an escape behavior. Okay, um, I will give my personal opinion and one of like the other um, coaches want to step in. Um, usually for a preferred object or activity, you use that as a positive reinforcement. So kind of like that first then scenario, like first we're gonna go to big group and then you get, you know, so-and-so or your stuffed animal or iPad or whatever. Um, so positive reinforcement would be great for that. Yeah, I would say use it as a reward. Yeah, you could use the timer. Yeah, use the timer. Yeah, I would also say like with one of our kiddos, um, you may have to get a basket. Um, and just when he comes in in the morning, his iPad starts in that basket in a certain spot. And then after he's done whatever it is, he earns it. We really across the board, I would say, don't really allow kids to come in with their phones like already going like we're and we, we're working towards that but we've been I mean and sometimes it's just a matter of like you just you need to take it away now you need to be careful about that but it's really hard to engage with the Bible and to learn about Jesus if you're on an iPad so again just think about it. the bar we want to set the level is the same as our other kids do we have kids on iPads across watermark no so I mean if they need that for communication absolutely if they're using their own kind of tools and some kids have that then yes that's an accommodation in the sense that we want them to use it but if they're just engaged in the iPad and not and paying attention to the story we want to encourage you to creatively come up with a way a process it may take weeks to get that out of their hand and just to get them engaged I would say yeah, yeah. did you have something I, was just say, I would talk to the parent too and just say hey what's your goal because our goal would be that he or she would participate and use the iPad at the end or we even just saying hey that's not really something that we typically do and yep. help show them these are the goals we have for your child just like all the other children that's great but engaging that parent I think would help too yes thank you for saying that and I want to also say it's a little bit different at recess I'm sorry I probably haven't been as good as I should be about delineating at recess it's a little different because it is fun but I would just say again like we want them to be engaged and have fun but yes and especially at recess partner with your parents and asking them like hey how much screen time do you think is appropriate because it's four hours and I know I don't want my kids to be on a screen for four hours so yeah just have that conversation but that's a really good point and, and I mean on Sunday mornings or at other ministries we're talking about having that kiddo for an hour and a half total and we kind of consider that to be really valuable time but recess is a little different so I'm glad you mentioned that but definitely partner with parents and try to be aligned on those expectations that's good there's another thing that you can do and this might not be iPad specific but with any preferred object and I just no I didn't never mind um, you can turn your schedule into an if-then board. So you can put what you want them to do, big group, and then their break time, which is they can use their preferred object for three minutes or whatever you set. Um, and so you can say, okay, well, first you're going to do big group. Then you can have your break. And then they know that, you know, maybe it's their iPad, maybe it's a frog. I don't know. Um, well, I, that was a kid. He brought a frog. Um, not a real frog. <laughs> Sorry. We don't um, allow frogs. Not, yeah. Just we don't allow pets. Um, but it, it, we, would, we would set a timer for whatever it was for that break that they could work towards, which is what um, Alyssa was talking about with the um, using it as a positive reinforcement. But you can use your schedule to show that visually. That might be helpful. Yeah, that's good. Okay, add, add one, one more. more. Yeah, and then we'll have the next um, Just to add one more thing, you can also like, give them a, a manipulative so, like, with my buddy, I let him carry around mini dinosaurs because he, like, needs something to play with. Or today I had him, gave him Play-Doh. So even though he won't really sit in the 
small group, I had them at the table quietly playing with Play-Doh, so just finding like alternative activities that's more appropriate so they quietly and they're like listening but not realizing that they're listening, so just yeah. adding a manipulative. That's good. Oh, yeah. Um, I love it. And this is for everything. Always praise and give attention to good behavior. So if he does give up the iPad, give him lots of attention for that. If they follow your directions, give them lots of good attention. Um, And that's kind of something you can do before, too. If you know that they're going to be doing something in big group that they want attention for, give them lots of good attention before the big group time. And then they've um, kind of gotten that attention that they were seeking. But... Awesome, good question, um, answers. Okay, great, who else has a question? That's a good one. Wow, we did our job later. I don't know. <laughs> Any questions about that question? I'm just kidding, okay, go ahead. Yeah. Haley? Oh yeah, you need the mic. Um, is there an ideal response in the inclusion classrooms for like when my buddy does wanna go run off and do whatever or play with something to explain to the other kids hey, he just needs a little bit more special attention, or like, is there an ideal response for the other kids for that? That is a great question. I'm so glad you asked that question. How would y'all like to respond to that? I have an answer, but what do y'all think? And Haley and Peggy, please feel free to weigh in too. I'm tapping into all of our experts. I would, I would just say that we all need, um, we all participate in whatever it is that we're participating in a different way. Um, and we all need certain things in order to do that. So um, this is what he needs in order to be a part of our group. And we really want him to be a part of our group. And so we're going to give him what he needs in order to join us is sort of what I would do. Yeah, might, that might be different. What I often say is like, hey, he just needs a little help sitting. So like, I'm just here to help him sit. You know, it's stuff like that, where if my kids engage in a challenging behavior and all the other kids think it's funny, so they start doing it, I'll just flat out be like, hey, he's making a bad choice. That doesn't mean you should do it, too. Because my kid knows what he's doing. Like, there's some kids that, like, they are having difficulty, and that's why they're engaging in challenging behavior. But you also have those kids that they know what they're doing, and they love it. So everyone else thinks it's funny. So I'll just be like, they're making a bad choice. Yeah. But in, for that situation, I'm just like, hey, he just needs a little help sitting, so I'm just here to help him sit, you know? That's great. What else? It kind of depends on the age, I would say, too. Like, this is kind of a, that's kind of a starting block, so I would say, reply, maybe yours was a little more like a K-1 race. Reply, it kind of depends on the understanding. I think that the answer of what not to do is not to say, well, this child is on the autism spectrum, which means that, I mean, like, you want to protect, like, let them tell their own story. I always say that. Like, you don't want to out a kid. I mean, some of our kids have Down syndrome, and it's obvious they have a disability, but, like, in general, like, talk more about, like, what's happening more than, like, about what's, you know, what is their diagnosis or their label, if that makes sense. Because kids, especially kids in starting blocks, they don't know the difference. You know, we're all the same in their eyes, which is part of why we're doing inclusion, right? We want the kids to be in um, the classrooms with all of their peers so that we just see everybody as being part of the rainbow, the kaleidoscope, you know, that God made us all different. Um, So definitely take into account, like, the maturity level and stuff like that. Now, if you're serving in recess and you have, like, an older kiddo ask a specific question about a disability, I think with discretion you can, you know, carefully answer that but make sure you're doing it like not in the hearing distance of the child with a disability but I think it's okay to answer specific questions if that makes sense what other answers do we have for that um just to add on to that so if um just responding to to those kids like oh my you know my child or 
Gary needs extra help with this. Would you be willing to help him? Could you help him? Peer modeling is so important. And a lot of times they respond better to the peer models than they do to you. So peer modeling is great. You know, just reminding them, yeah, Gary needs extra help with sitting or following directions. Could you show him how to do that kind of thing? And usually that does help with um, just overall behavior with peer modeling. Yeah, that's really important. And other thing I'll say too that I just thought of is um, we have been doing some education and equipping across all of our children's ministry about just kind of the idea of inclusion, kind of starting like at that high level. Um, and I, it's been so cool. I mean, not that we've started. I'm sure this has been going on for a while because we've had Kaleidoscope here at Watermark a long time. But there's always opportunities to kind of remind the team that you're working with. I know this happened in Claire's classroom. Just to remind the teachers like um, what Kaleidoscope is about, what our mission is. Sometimes teachers won't have worked with a Kaleidoscope buddy in the classroom before and they don't know that we have the same expectations for the kids that have a buddy. So just, you know, you can just, in using our crucial conversation skill set, which is talking with respect, you know, to another adult, but just remind them, hey, you know, we want um, to have the same goal and mission for our kids with kaleidoscope kids. Like, we want them to be doing the same thing that other kids are doing. So you sometimes um, have the opportunity to educate the teachers or the volunteers in your classroom about what kaleidoscope is about, what the buddy is all about, if that makes sense. And so just with, um, you know, seasoned with salt and, like, being respectful to one another, um, take those opportunities to help them understand, like, what your role is, but then also how you want to work with them and work together um, to help this kiddo be successful. Um, okay, we have a couple more minutes for questions. What are some other questions? Yes, let's go with this gentleman right here in the front. Um, yes, my um, little buddy um, is uh, uh, has uh, global delay, and I the parents have not shared as if as far as uh, the visual aids. Um, is that something that he can benefit from? Uh, do you all are you all aware of the global delay? Who wants to take that question? Nicole, do you want to? You don't have to. Yes, he would definitely benefit from visuals. Um, global lit delay just means like you know global cognitive delay, maybe also some um, like physical delay as well. Um, Rather than like the world, like global meaning all encompassing. Yes, okay. global in his own body delay. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> so so yes, um, visuals would be very helpful, very beneficial. Um, these might be they, they depending on the student, the child, they might be too high. So if they are and you need actual like picture symbols, like photos, um, that would be like a step, um, like a like actually objects is sort of like the most. Um, beneficial because then they can actually see what the object is and then we go from the objects to photos and then from photos to something like this which is a more pictorial model. Um, so if this is too high for them, just let us know. We can try to get you some actual photos to help. Mm -hmm. um, but this is a good place to start. That's good. Okay, I think someone in the back, blonde, I'm sorry, I don't know your name. I had a question. My name's Amy, and my question is, how do you keep the visual schedules from becoming a distraction to the other children in the classroom? Great question. <laughs> That's a really good question. We haven't thought about that. I don't know. I'm just kidding, no. <laughs> 
So this is why we actually put them in folders, so that way um, you're able to basically take them off. What we noticed, and that's kind of why we also went to the phones, is that the kids were getting very distracted with the visuals. I'm sure if you've been around for a while, you've seen the little visuals in the little buddy bags. They were becoming very like, oh, I need to look at this, I need to do this. Yeah, this. they're on like a little ring they're on a little flip ring. through them, and so we um, thought moving to the phone would make it less distracting, but yeah. Yes. So, and that's why we have the bag as well. So you can just take it, put it back in the bag, and that way it's out. If you're using it more as either the schedule itself or using it as a first thing, then you might have to have it more accessible. Also, what we've done um, is you can, if this still becomes too much, we can certainly look at adding a page on the back and putting Velcro back here. So you can just take all of these extra icons and put them in the back, because they can get very overwhelming. Um, this is just one version. There's schedules where, I, like the one I use, it's just one strip, and then there's just one strip finished. So we can modify or do whatever it is you need to do, but I understand that this does get. And if you know you're not going to be using, for instance, uh, there's not always a craft in, uh, in you know, the inclusion classrooms, but there is in, when we do it in the in the wing, then you can already take that one and kind of hide it. This is just for everybody, so we can't be like, oh, these are just for K-1, or these are just for, you know, the, on your mark. So it, they're just kind of made for everybody. But you do what it is. You can just pull those extra icons, throw them in the bag so you don't have to worry about them. But that's why we did put them in the folder. It also kind of gives a little bit discretion, um, you know, as we try to make sure, like, hey, you know, we don't want to single our kids out. This is not like, you know, why are they carrying this big, thing around, so that's why we have the buddy bags as well. We're always trying to strike the balance between um, wanting the kids to have what they need to be successful and also not wanting to single them out or distract the other kids. So it's about, there's, I don't really know if balance is the right word, but we're always needing to be mindful of that. So I would say, you know, and also like Claire was saying, just have a conversation if you need to about it. I wouldn't make it a big deal, but just say, you know, since um, sometimes he needs extra, um, this kiddo needs extra help with whatever, this is a tool that helps us with that. So I mean, it doesn't have to be like a long conversation, but feel free to be honest about what it is. But if it is um, causing a distraction in the classroom, I would definitely encourage you to talk with the teacher about that and partner with that teacher in the classroom and just come up with ways that y'all can um, utilize it in a way that it's that, she, that they don't feel frustrated that it's distracting because I know that can be an issue. Okay, and we really just have time for one more quick question then we're going to move to small group time. I want to leave plenty of time for a role play in small group. So who was the last person that, okay, it was um, Andrew. Okay, go ahead. What was your question? Yeah, I guess this is more so geared towards you, Lynn, but as far as volunteers go... Um, do we need more volunteers currently because they said in recess that they're having to turn parents away and is there a way that we can get involved from Kaleidoscope and help with recess or, or more guy buddies I mean do you need more yes. guy buddies Andrew it's almost like I planted him there and asked him to ask that question <laughs> okay awesome so yes let me answer that in a couple of different ways first of all um, we do at Dallas specifically we have a huge need for men men who are running after Christ who can serve at 9 o'clock and 11 o'clock with boys. We have more boys in our ministry than we do girls, but we have more girls serving in our ministry than we do boys. When kids get to second grade, they go into gender-specific groups, and so we just need more men. And so the guys know, I've been saying this like since the day really I walked in like really in the fall when I discovered how we needed more men, um, and the Lord has been really faithful in bringing us, but y'all, if you have friends, and I'm always telling Andrew, like I told him today, and um, we have the co-buddy system where you're serving first, third, and someone serves second, fourth Sundays. 
bring in a friend. Like it's fun to serve like with your buddy those opposite weeks. Y'all can tag team, trade with your families, get to know them. But yes, we need men first of all um, across the board. But then for recess, um, we it's interesting. I wouldn't say that we necessarily need more people, but we have tons of people on our roster. We need faithful people who will keep their commitment and come and serve. That's the best way to say it. Um, and so I'm not saying y'all aren't. If y'all are here, that's awesome. Like the fact that you're at training. Um, but I think one of the things we're doing is trying to go through our recess roster. It's kind of old in the little bit just needs some like love and getting cleaned up. I think we have some people on there that just, oh, they kind of forgot they were serving with recess. And so we're trying to be faithful about making sure that recess roster is like full of like people that are really all in. But I would say if you serve in kaleidoscope and you aren't serving in recess, it's once a month and it is a big commitment. It's four hours. But if you can come and serve with your same buddy that you serve with on a Sunday morning or Plano, for example, if you guys have buddies that you could send and let us have them serve with us, we haven't talked about this, but possibly come and serve at recess, that would be huge. So I think it's a matter of needing more actual bodies across the board, but also specifically guys, and then just needing to be a little bit more intentional about making sure if you're serving with recess that you're, we're asking you to make it either a part-time or a full-time serving commitment, which means you either serve, um, I think there's nine recesses, and we're asking you to serve either like five of the recesses to be part-time to be part-time and seven of the recesses to be full-time and if you're part-time it means you have to serve someplace else at watermark once a month so you serve at recess once a month you serve someplace else once a month if you serve full-time in recess we're asking you to be at seven of the nine recesses so we tell you the calendar ahead of time you can get out your calendar and mark them and just don't plan anything else that night you know that's what we're asking you to do but it's really a matter of um, not so much more people but just needing to people to, to come and serve, if that makes sense. But definitely guys, too. Okay, we are going to wrap up Q&A. Those are great questions. Um, and so what we're going to do, hmm, how am I going to do this? Yes. Yes. Um, we were also talking as a team back there. And if you feel like there's a specific instance where you're like, I need help with this specific kid and because we're having this issue yeah. and it might be kind of intimidating to say your question out here, um, feel free to talk to Lynn and she can schedule uh, oh, yes. a coach time. So essentially we have floaters that walk around. Obviously you see us during the services time. But if you feel like you're really struggling and you want that one-on-one support, we are more than happy to come and help you and observe you and not to critique you but to support you and maybe step in and show you a strategy and then back out. So please feel free at any, any time to... Talk to Lynn so one of us can come because that's our goal is to help you. Um, I moved moving out of a buddy role to specifically serve in a coach role, and that's what I look more forward to. Bleh, I can't talk. Look forward Looking to, yeah. forward to is uh, being able to use those skills and to help y'all um, because we are equipped and uh, we all in our hearts are being used and being called to help you and help these children. Yeah. So please feel. Let me add that. one thing to that. Don't email me. Instead, what I'll do is I'm going to send out. <laughs> well, I mean, you can, but y'all know email's hard for me. I gets, I get, it gets bogged down. But here's what I'm going to do. I will send out a link to a form stack, to an online form. Um, the next couple of times I email you for Kaleidoscope and we'll send it to Recess too, where you can go in and like put your name down and where you serve and ask for a coach appointment. And we'll get back to you and make those appointments with you. But if you serve on Sunday morning, you can actually make an appointment with with your coach to like come hey can you come at small group time or at big group time and help me and like if they know that they, they actually have like little standing appointments I know Frisco that y'all in Plano and stuff y'all don't do that but please talk to us and we can help you figure out some ways to do that as well and um, so yeah but the coach team is definitely there to support you so I'm glad you mentioned that too okay here's what we're gonna do we are gonna take the last how many time minutes do we have um the last 20 minutes or so 
Ish, and we're going to divide into. This is going to be crazy because it's kind of a big room, but we're going to divide into ten small groups. Okay, so here's what I want you to do: wherever you're sitting, just make a little group, and we're, it's ideally. I think we have. Do we have about a hundred-ish people here, Jason? Did you count? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> Great, that's good. I'm thinking we're going to have groups of ten-ish, but let's try to do ten groups because that's how many small group leaders we have. So if y'all will kind of like. Turn your chairs a little bit and kind of make some, 10 small groups or just make small groups and then we'll come around. And, we're, and as soon as you do that, I'm going to give you a couple minutes to do that and I'm going to tell you what to do. Okay. So, yeah. Also, there's snacks. Um, they really want y'all to eat the snacks. So oh, yeah. enjoy your snacks. Don't leave because we're not done. Hey. Hey, guys. Sorry. If you can't tell, I'm not a detail-oriented person. Totally didn't think this through, so let me help you out with this. Okay, here's what we're going to do. Um, coaches, let's see. I need every small group to have one coach. So raise your hand if you don't have a coach or a person in your small group leading you. Okay, so Alyssa, can you do this group? Y'all have a group? Okay, Andrew's group. Okay, they have Megan. Do you guys have a coach over here? Okay, um, let's see. Jason, will you come over here? Oh, Nicole's here. Jason can come here. Oh, Bryn can come here. Okay. I think come back here? there. Yeah. Okay, so y'all listen up. Here's what we're going to do. Okay, so you have your role play scenarios, and, you, and I, want, I will bring you around and make sure every group has a visual schedule. But what you're going to do, hey, JB. Um, what you're going to do is you're going to actually choose one or two of the role play scenarios, and I want you to go through it as a group and talk through how you would actually address that scenario. So this is kind of a trick. It's going to be a little challenging. I want you guys to figure out how you would use the visual schedule. So you should have a visual schedule in your group. Um, and then if someone has a communication tool on your phone, I want you to think about how would you address one or two of the scenarios, however much time you have, using the virtual schedule and using the communication tool. Does that make sense? So um, if you don't have a purple bag, raise your hand and we'll bring you one. You need to have a purple bag or a visual schedule in your group, everybody. Okay. So just go, go as a team, decide which, which scenario you want to start with. Start with number one if you want. And then just read through the scenario. And then the coaches are going to help, help guide you through how would you use the virtual schedule and the communication tool and just the things we've learned about behavior to actually address that, okay? And then at the end, we're going to come back to around for a second and kind of wrap up. There are snacks in the back, and, but don't leave because we're going to pray at the end. But, yeah, so we're going to do this for the next, like, 10-ish minutes, okay? All right, go. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and interrupt you guys. Did y'all get through most of at least, did everyone get through at least one scenario? And kind of part of two. Okay. Um, so we're going to wrap up here in just a second. I just want to um, quickly just, we have time for just like one or two. Someone tell me uh, the scenario that you did and how you chose to address it. Can someone give me a little feedback on what you learned and what you did? Anyone? Okay. Molly Gunn from Saturday K1 Race. I mean, no. Yeah. K1 Race. Um, we did scenario four and we talked about communicating with him and the question that says how can you communicate with Jack um, if he gets overwhelmed verbally just to use that visual schedule and just take off one of those word maker symbols and hold it up and use that to like further simplify your language um, 
and what else are we talking about? When engaging with him, um, we talked about with his favorite toy, blue car, using that as they talked about earlier as a reinforcement, and using the if-then language of like, okay, if we do small group, then we can have the blue car, you know, and stuff like that to help him engage with where he is. Great. Anybody have a different way of dealing with that specific scenario? Is that pretty much okay? And maybe one more. What's another? What's a different scenario that someone went through, and how did y'all choose to address it? Uh, Shelby, hold on. We're still recording, so. So we talked about. Um, I lost my scenario paper. Uh, the one with the runner uh, number two. Yeah, see, everyone has to. Uh, we talked a lot about using and a strategy that we didn't talk about, planned ignoring. And so uh, using that in the sense of when this child was running out and they were immediately dropping to the floor, um, these two were using a strategy called planned ignoring. And it's obviously you're ignoring. It looks like you're ignoring the behavior. Really, you have like an eye, side eye on the child. And that child immediately would, uh, after 30 seconds or so, it might feel like forever, uh, realize that behavior. They had a conversation with that child, and they were able to go back into the room. So that's just another strategy that we didn't talk about that could definitely be useful. This so, these two guys? Yeah, these two right here. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, planned ignoring is something I didn't even know about until I came here and learned about it, I think probably from Claire to start with. Uh huh. And so the only thing I would say about that is we were just talking about this. If plan, Don't use planned ignoring if it causes the child to break a policy. So like if the child is climbing on like the animals downstairs or something like that, don't let them, don't let them um, continue a behavior that's breaking a policy that we would have, you know, like we don't let kids climb up on like um, the railing on the, the loft and things like that. So think about safety, but like, yeah, if it's just a behavior that you can't ignore and they're still safe, then that can be a good strategy. So way to go, guys. Okay, awesome. Okay, um, any other, we have just like one more minute and I'm going to wrap up in prayer, but anything else, any other thoughts that came out of y'all's small group time that anyone wants to share real quick? Yes. Oh, sorry. So we were talking about scenario three, about how in t having to go from a transition from um, a preferred activity to an even awesome, like a more awesome activity. Um, and so one of our people said that since she's a great dancer, after you use your timer, if the timer thing doesn't work, then you can talk about, hey, let's dance to the next um, activity, which we thought was really an awesome idea. So that was, I don't know your name. That was Sarah. Sarah came up with that amazing idea. Where do you serve, Sarah? Recess. Okay, awesome. Good. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, we see that a lot in K-1 race. Like today, some kids were like skipping to small group or whatever, big group. So yeah, I mean, all the different strategies you would use with typical kids when it comes to that kind of stuff. Yeah, make sure you're get creative and those will work with kids with special and additional needs as well. Okay, so we have one more minute. I'm going to wrap us up in prayer. Um, but just want to say again, thank you guys for coming. Do not take the buddy bags home with you, please. Those are to stay here. And Rachel, I had a question about whether or not the buddy bags were going to be, be available at recess. And I think the answer is yes, we can talk about that. But these are for use across our Dallas campus, um, as long as they're returned and everything. And there should be probably enough to serve most of your kids with special needs um, at recess. But yeah, so I think pretty much anytime you serve here at Dallas, we'll have the visual schedules available. And I should also mention the buddy bags can also hold um, 
those noise-canceling headphones that we have, and also they can, everybody bag will have one little fidgety type toy in it. We're going to kind of limit it to that. If your kids need something else specific, you can, of course, add that to it, but we can talk about that. But again, um, just make sure that you're returning them each time you use them. Um, but yeah, so thanks again for being here on a Sunday afternoon. Did y'all feel like this was helpful um, overall? Is this answering some of your questions? Okay, I'm going to be sending out a survey um, just to ask y'all, like, what were the topics that we didn't cover? You know, what were things that you felt like were really helpful? just to help us in the future as we shape more training. But I just want to thank you all again for being here. If you have any questions and um, feedback, you can email me. Um, and yes, you can email me about a coach um, appointment if you want to, but if you'll wait, I'll send out that link. And I'll also be sending out the um, slides from today and all the different handouts for you as well. Okay, so let's see. Um, hey, Andrew, why don't you come up here and close us in prayer, friend? Would you do that? Dear Lord, thank you so much for these day and these faithful servants as they come in every week and just pour into these kids. Um, may you just please be with the families and the kids and just push them towards you and uh, everything we do. In your precious son's name we pray. Amen.